Welcome to the Jess Larson Show on Innovation and Leadership. Today on the show, I've got Ellie Lanning. Ellie, thanks for doing Thank this. Thank you. So uh, you've done some exciting things. How do you introduce yourself these days? Oh, that's so funny because I'm, uh, I'm still working on that because I'm at a transition point in, in my life. Uh, so, you know, well, first I would say I'm a mom of three. I learn a lot there, um, but, you know, excited to be leveraging my entrepreneurial experiences from the past uh, decade and a half to start up a new investment and incubation platform uh, with a team of colleagues that I've felt fortunate to work with and partner with for the last decade. So um, before that, I had the more singular identity of helping to build and, and scale um, Kind Snacks. So um, do I understand you, you came on at Kind at like 20 million in revenue and, and were there all the way through kind of billion plus in the sale to Mars? Yes. So I uh, met Daniel, Kind's founder, actually, when they were doing about 10, 10 million in annual revenue. Um, and I, I had known, I had had career experiences leading up to that um, that made me feel a certain kind of passion and connection to founder-based businesses. Um, and he was a unique breed of founder and had a lot of uh a lot of natural instincts that would pull at my own and so i said i need to i think i need to try that so joined as a marketer um and then really uh i think took to our co-ownership spirit and culture that we tried to form there or that i i feel we fairly successfully formed there and so always found myself in a seat where I thought my point of view, um, you know, bore as much import and weight as his and leaned into that and debated, you know, different decisions and pathways vigorously. And that turned into 12 years of building and scaling that with focus in a variety of capacities, moving from marketing to help startup strategy. Uh, to then help Daniel be more of our people manager um, and an executive team kind of builder and leader uh, as his chief of staff and then uh, corporate development. And, and you're, are you on the board of KIND? Uh, so I sit on a advisory board there still. So um, I say we're still forever spiritually <laughs> um, aligned. <laughs> And that's why your question about how I introduce myself is one, it's like taking me a while to figure that out. Um, but so forever spiritually aligned and then still, you know, very deep partnership um, there and helping that business fulfill its potential. So in the media, it's reported the sale was around like 5 billion or something like that. Uh, how long was that for him from zero to 5 billion? Um, so that's funny because we used to actually like talk about the different founding dates from like when <laughs> the idea happened to when the product and I'm like, only you care about, you know, uh, so <laughs> I pegged that as, you know, when the first product shipped. So he founded the business in 20, in 2004. Um, and then he really spent the first several years like bootstrapping it 
um, with at most a handful of team members at a time. I think for himself, just trying to suss out like what's the market opportunity here. And then, you know, at the point at which I met him was when he had um, taken on his first outside investment, uh, which he was using to build team. That's exciting. And then can you talk to us about uh, Equilibrium and, and uh, the new excitement at Camino? Yeah. So Camino is actually a, a rename or a, it, it's a kind of better formation of our thinking that has us renaming Equilibra because people can't say it. Uh, which oh, is like, including I me. Know, which is like branding 101, right? Uh, but Equilibra was really actually something that we came up with and named um, the entity when we were still heads down and kind with like a quick email brainstorm. I don't even remember if we sat in the same room. And that, you know, connoted a lot of philosophy that we have about balance and um, different Libra philosophies. Um, but as we then you know, came together under that entity and started to put shape to what is going to be this direct investment um, strategy and focus. You know, we spent a lot more time talking about what are, you know, what are the businesses that we want to partner with? What type of partners do we want to be? What are some of the most important lessons, philosophies, tenants that we think contributed to Kynes? story unfolding the way it did and as we started to put more of those things on paper um it really led us more to this idea of like no entity no team um no one mission vision is the same so it shouldn't have like a playbook approach which i think you often find in the investment space you know people who have one strong investment, but then try to parlay that experience into a similar company with like that kind of playbook. And I think, you know, what we learned in our time at Kind is that um, it, it's about having kind of both intellectual curiosity and honesty, you know, in the moment and in the decision set both within the short term, kind of anchored to a longer term view. And so this idea that every journey will look a bit different um, and that that's something we're excited to do uh, with the brands that we partner with. Okay. So uh, by the time this comes out, you guys will have announced yep. Camino Partners, I believe. So, and then what we... What's your title and what does that mean you actually do day to day? Uh, so my title is managing director. Um, and so I am responsible for our um, consumer focused direct investment portfolio. So um, what I do day to day, what, you know, what I've spent time doing these past several months is really trying to build my own team. So uh, we have... Our, our model, we intend to be a bit different where we're really bringing like deep operational partnership and experience to the brands we partner with. And so, you know, I came across the bow, as you will, with more team in that capacity. We do think it's important to pair that with professional investing experience because they are different businesses. So um, I've spent 
you know, a lot of time in the last several months meeting uh, investment professionals and talent that, you know, we could have values alignment with that could be part of what we're trying to build. Um, and then I spend a lot of my time, you know, doing what what I love and what has kept me in this kind of um, sector, if you will, for a long time, which is, you know, meeting founders, um, meeting people with great ideas that feel like ready to take on the world uh, with those and to hear, you know, about their aspirations, their different challenges and opportunities. And, and that's, you know, that's the piece of it that I would say has the most continuity with what I was doing prior. Um, and I just, I, you know, I love that kind of earlier stage of like a team forming around an idea that like really, um, wants to put something on the map. Like there's a different energy that shows up and it's like, do everything you can to preserve that energy and that way of, of working and the culture forming. So I was looking through the portfolio, the seaweed, seaweed, the Mediterranean restaurants and products, uh, and some of the other ones, I think the, the Mexican food one is the one yeah. that appealed the most to me, but, uh, uh when you're, so are you guys buying minority positions or what's the mandate? for the investments? Um, so I would say we, not being a traditional uh, investment platform, we have a lot of flexibility. Um, and actually, the, the some of the ones you named have are, are just an example of how like, differentiated our um, investments can be. So Somos, the Mexican food company, is actually one that we co-founded and seeded, right? So we're, that falls within more of our incubation bucket. Um, and it had a lot of unique ingredients that enabled that. So like, I would love to do more of that. I'm also eyes wide open about just how like special some of those pieces are in the sense that, um, you know, the co-founders there are people we worked with uh, for many, many years at Kind. So you you're not guessing at, you know, how and who they are as operators. You were, you know, in the trenches and doing that with them. Um, and then the other thing that was um, pretty special about that, too, was how it leverages Daniel, Miguel, and Rodrigo's heritage in a way where they didn't see, you know, Mexican cuisine as they knew it really being represented in the retail marketplace here, they saw a ton in, in their time living in the U.S., they saw a ton of uh, kind of representation emerge in the restaurant space. But then still, you know, you'd go to the supermarket shelf and want to make it at home. And, um, you know, they would tell you like they, like hard tacos don't exist, right? Um, I'm a Midwesterner. I grew up thinking that's what Mexican was. So um, that one was unique too in that it brought together their, like a pride in their heritage and how they wanted people to be able to experience it. Food, <laughs> where they'd spent a lot of their um, career. And so I think that one is um, 
is really fun. I think we're also like getting back to what it is to start from zero, you know, and um, that uh, that has its own kind of fun challenges. But I think it, what's great is that we have kind of strength of working relationship and partnership that it makes it um, far easier to kind of weather any of those. Um, you know, Miguel himself, I would say it's funny because he's going from like operator to founder and he's like, whoa, how different um, that is. And uh, it, it's fun to be able to be a part of that experience with him. The ones that are already formed that you're taking positions in, what what kind of check sizes yep. are you guys writing? Between so what what? we're targeting an average investment size of 15 to 20 million. I think, you know, I, I go back to, for us, for us, actually, a lot of kind of how we come into diligence, something is through the lens of spending our time. You know, if we if we align our time here, do we feel like we can drive better outcomes for all? And that means that there's enough, um, you know, there's enough crossover between the opportunity we see and the experience and talent network, et cetera, that we have. Um because time is actually the more scarce resource. And so we're trying to look at businesses that way first. And if we can get to kind of a yes on that, then we're bringing capital behind it. And so we do, we would like to take meaningful minority positions because we really need to align having that time spent. Um, but that's where I go back to like, that's gonna be the core of our focus Again, we have, you know, we have some flexibility um, in, in our model, you know, being the platform of a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. So uh, if there's entrepreneurs listening today thinking like, I'm going to go with Camino Partners and I want to I want to reach out to these. Who do you want to hear from? Like who's straight up the fairway for you guys of like, oh, you know who we're really trying to connect with is. So. I would say founders who are obsessed with the consumer problem. Um, and I think, you know, I really go to like the, the problem um, because I think if, if you get really clear on that, sometimes the solution is iterative, right? If you get too wed to your solution, you can have problems. So I think, you know, really, um, I'm looking to talk to people who like right away, it's so clear to me how obsessed they are with the consumer. Like it's not a, I almost get weary if it's someone who's talking about an exit and, you know, cause I think that those things are important. They're definitely important for us to think through in our potential investment lens, but I don't really think like enduring businesses get built with that motivation. Um, and then I, the other thing that I would say is that we get um, really excited about, you know, brands and businesses that have a purposeful voice or reason that can be activated. Um, and so they might not have been doing enough of like enough of that on their own, but that was a, a particularly important part of our approach at Kind, which was, you know, Kind, yes, was a snack brand, but it was so steeped in meaning in Daniel's founding story from his father's experience that 
you know, the, the voice and the role that we wanted the brand to play in the world. Like, I mean, the first time I met him, which was why I was like, oh my gosh, I have to try working with this guy. I was a marketer asking, like, what are you seeking to do? And he's like, we are going to break down barriers between human beings. We are going to make them see their shared humanity. And I was a food marketer at the time, which is why I thought they called me. And I was like, okay. And I think somewhere in that we're going to sell snacks. But it was it was authentic and it was, you know, there from the beginning. And um, and it actually, you know, allowed us and led us to build a brand that kind of transcended the, the functional categories it sat within. And so not only is that just like something that makes you want to wake up a little bit more in the day, but um, it actually turns out that that's a very capital efficient way to build a business too. Uh, you know, so we were doing $300 million in annual revenue, only ever having spent $10 million on traditional advertising. Um, because it was a brand that was a story that could be told that people wanted to engage with, et cetera. And so we get really uh, excited too about um, people who are thinking of their business and brand, you know, with that potential um, and helping them find, like I, I like to say, like constructive activism um, and a, a way to execute it in that way. I loved his video about um, why it's named kind. Uh, and so I've been reading Victor Frankl books for years and I'm, I'm in a different book about a Holocaust survivor survivor called The Choice by Edith Eager, which if you haven't read, it's just amazing. And so his that video about his dad saying they survived the Holocaust because of the kindnesses of others, I just thought it was awesome. And I wish like <laughs> it like actually made me like the yeah. brand better. Yeah. So yeah. Now there so and there were times where I'm like, just let the people eat the snack bar, you know, because he like she experiences the world in a way where, you know, I, I say like most people like read the headline and they read the headlines he reads the headlines and he feels like responsible for it or trying to like intervene um and like we need people in the world like that um but sometimes as we were building the brand we had debates and i'm like just let them take a bite of the delicious nut bar every yeah. once in a while <laughs> yeah especially the yeah, dark chocolate yeah. almond i've been a i've been a believer yeah. for years okay so um i'm interested in this this journey for you, like, you know, coming from PR, food marketing, this type of like to the, the levels you're at now, I'm interested, uh, maybe I'll start with this. What's your observation on the biggest differences from, you know, kind doing tens of millions to hundreds of millions to that billion plus revenue? What are some of the biggest changes or observations you had that maybe you didn't expect or maybe people who haven't done it wouldn't know? So it's funny because I would say there was one piece uh, that I was actually talking with someone about today where, you know, when we were like the little engine that could and, um, and you know, the things we would like dream about doing when we had the resources and then when you're scaled and have the resources, how constrained you feel <laughs> because, um, you know, and it's actually, we had serious debates about this because I, you know, I saw 
how even in an entrepreneurial-led business that's scaled, how tough it is to nurture innovation versus product launches, right? Like true innovation. And, you know, there was a point in time where we got to that kind where I was like, this business, even with us running it, would have a hard time launching what made kind kind because you get to a size and scale where, you know, if it can't be a $20 million product line year one, you can't drain the resources for it, right? And a lot of times, like the only things that can be a $20 million product line year one are by their nature already mass. So they're not what the consumer's moving to, they're where they already are. Um, so I think, by the way, that wasn't anything we had solved yet. It was something we were, you know, that was a, a constant kind of debate and, and struggle. And we were trying to figure out kind of like structural ways to do that. Um, I think, you know, that that was one of the things that was most surprising. Um, you know, I think the other thing that became interesting, which is a, a similar thing, like, and we were, you know, Daniel started this business selling door to door, like literally up and down the streets of New York City. And so, it, like, it's, uh, its whole existence was built on this idea that every customer matters. Um, and I think that, you know, the other um, dilemma that you start to face is that, you know, you have you have customers that drive a lot of volume for you, but then you have customers that, you know, might not be those volume businesses, but they certainly have a very important part of like your consumer flywheel and how are you, how do you clearly kind of map and make an organization understand those roles, um, especially as you bring in you know, people from maybe more mature businesses that are just really oriented to like, we serve the volume and why are we doing these little things over here? And so really kind of helping the organization to see um, kind of that, that ecosystem and make resourcing decisions with, with that in mind. Uh, I mean, the thing that I would say that I, I, like had so much and still have so much appreciation. And we just uh, showcased this at um, the most recent Kind Team Summit is that, man, is there so much value in a business having an authentic purpose? Because whether, whether it was me, you know, joining at an early stage and staying for over a decade and really like taking Daniel seriously when he called me a co-owner and the way I oriented to the business because of that, to the way that someone just joining feels like such a commitment and pride, uh, joining at this stage. And like, there's, uh, there's still that, um, connection that they have with the business. I mean, that to me is one of the most incredible things about that business and something, you know, that we're very focused on trying to help 
founders or early stage teams like figure out how to foster and hold on to that. What advice do you have on that? I would say be ready to really live into what you say, right? So I used to tell people, you know, people in their time, I don't know how I would have interviewed hundreds of people to for kind roles um, over the course of my time there. And, you know, everyone kind of lit up around this idea that like you're a co-owner and have an equity stake. And I'm like, well, let me just tell you, it's like that comes with then a different way of operating. Like if you are someone who wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at night, like needing to know if you're doing well, like in the eyes of your manager, this isn't a great place for you because you are equally responsible to all of your kind of co-owners. And there is a, you know, a, a pressure, a, uh, a ability to hold each other to that account that we operate with. But I saw, you know, a number of people over the years come in and say like, this is too emotionally exhausting. And, um, so it's not for everyone. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you can start to build and form early team that shows up in that way, and, and by the way, you have to, uh, you have to accept it. Right. So like, I, I joke that for an outsider, like they would think that Daniel and I have like the worst working relationship ever because we disagree on so much. Um, that's usually our starting point. We're very efficient at like debating and, and Frankensteining our points of view, um, in a way where when he's got like the meaningful point, I'm quick to concede on it. And so, um, you know, he was a, I would say he was the founder and the original crafter of that culture that really meant it. Um, and I think what we had to be most thoughtful about is like, is that shows up in different ways. And so we tried to make sure that that was celebrated by people who shared it in different ways. So I'm a, I'm, I don't avoid friction. You know, I'm comfortable with tough conversations. I, so I was someone who probably did it in more, a more visible way, but we tried to also make sure that we had like quieter, influential influencers of decisions, thinking, et cetera, that were equally celebrated because you need that, you know, you need it to you need it to bear itself out in different ways. Like if you were all so easily like vocal or strong with a point of view, that would be a tough place to work too. <laughs> well, I'm interested in what other things you did right. Like for people who see these, you know, this crazy success from the outside, the zero to five billion, like what, what do people, what else, what are other things people might not realize about him? And, and like, what do you think his superpower is? Oh my gosh. Um, so I would say he has a, um, he has a, an intensity and an attention to detail 
that you would think as a business scales the way that it did that one might lose. Um, and, uh, and he didn't, you know, and, th and that actually really mattered because it, it set the tone for how everyone operated. And so there, there were very few things that kind that seemed like minor decisions, even when, when they became minor decisions. Um, you know, they weren't gonna like tank the business kind of decisions. And it was interesting because actually he and our president, John Leahy, were different in that way. Both had incredible attention to detail, but, you know, John had a philosophy once because he saw myself, I would drive myself crazy trying to get out ahead of something. And there were a couple of times he told me like, what's going to happen if this happens? And I said, well, I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, but the companies, we're not going to go out of business if this happens, right, Ellie? And he said, no. He's like, then let it happen. Because sometimes the lessons are learned. They're learned and like absorbed a bit more uh, through experience than through caution, like cautionary warnings. So, um, but Daniel had, uh, you know, I've never worked with him where he was, what is it, flying at 30,000 feet. I mean, still today. Um, and so I think he really set the tone um, in that way. So I would say that's, um, that is a superpower. Um, at the same time, I think, and this was especially true as we grew, like he knew where where we needed to let things go or like let the leaders that we had hired to lead in certain areas to like let them do it even if it was going to be in a slightly different way so he learned that lesson i think both through like understanding it conceptually but then just really needing to understand it through uh the the situation kind of sitting right there in front of you. Can, can um, I ask this in a slightly, same yep. question in a slightly different way? You know, with you having a front row seat to all this, there's so many founders who don't scale. You know, they top out a certain level of business. And either the business yep. stalls or the company gets a new CEO, right? When you, yes. when you look at his ability to scale himself, what do you attribute that to? Or what, what did you see him do to be able to grow himself? to be able to handle the next level and the next level. Oh, okay. So that's, that's easy. He is hands down, like the most curious human being I've ever met. Um, and I think curiosity, uh, it's what I would say led to most of my career success. I've been put in, in roles and opportunities that I have no prior experience for. And you know, if you're curious, you'll be a self-led learner. Um, and if, if I'm curious, he's like, I mean, dose that up. I don't know by a factor of how much. And so I think that's, that's just like the way he exists in the world. And so, um, you know, there's, there's very little, I mean, you, you were saying like you felt like you didn't have the experience. I think experience ends up being a great thing. I think it informs and probably aids like judgment more than anything. Um, 
but he kind of took on everything with the, with a, there's nothing I can't learn and figure out. Um, and I think you got to pair that with the fact that he's got a baseline, um, level of just innate computing, you know, mental computing power. Um, but that is, I think what allowed for that. Well, you, you kind of jumped the gun on my next question, which was, which was for you, uh, you know, there's not so many folks who start out, you know, in PR and the marketing that think, well, this is the real natural route to end up being a managing director of a significant investment fund. Um, yeah. When you think about, you know, your career likely drastically exceeding most of the folks who started out with the same job title when you started out. Um, whether you're doubling down on curiosity or there's another aspect, what do you attribute that success to? Like, what have you done that others haven't done? Um, so I, I would piece some of that back to curiosity. I, I think actually a lot of it, because, you know, a lot of it unfolded within the time building and scaling kind. So I, I come from an entrepreneurial family myself. And so, uh, you know, my, my dad was a founder turned investor turned founder again. So it was like dinner conversations um, when I was growing up kind of centered on that. And so actually when I met uh, Daniel, I had said, you know, I, which most people would say, why would you say that to someone you're interviewing with? But I told them I might want to start something of my own someday. And that ended up being an incredibly important foundation for what the next 12 years of building kind and now building Camino together um, became because he said, great, you know, so long as you deliver for me in the areas that I'm hiring you for, I'll take you on my founder journey. And I made sure he remembered that he said that. <laughs> um, and so I just, you know, I joke or sometimes my husband actually jokes that I'm like water and cracks, right? Uh, like give me an opening and I'm so. I've, I've kind of always chased down and I would say I never had a five-year plan. I tell people that like, cause if I had a five-year plan, it would have been to be like a CMO or, or a, you know, head of communication somewhere. I try to be very honest with myself about what my strengths and interests are because my interest ignites my curiosity. Um, you know, so I've told Daniel, I don't think I would be very good at tax planning. Doesn't interest me. Um, we'll learn the, you know, requisite parts of it. But being really honest with myself on an ongoing basis of kind of what that total equation looks like and then finding the role opportunity that doesn't just suit my needs, but then is is good for the entity as well, because it has to be a, a um, two-way equation is... Um, is what I would probably say led to that. Yeah, no, oh, that's awesome. Um, well, listen, I I know you've got other things to get to. Where are the best people places for people to connect with you online? So uh, I personally am on LinkedIn, um, and then uh, CaminoPartners.com is where you can find more about this new platform and both our existing partners and you can reach out to potentially become one of our future partners. That's exciting. Um, what, uh, what do you want to close with? What do you want to leave people with? I would say, you know, we're 
um, we're really excited to, um, you know, have the opportunity to partner with, um, with founders or founding teams that are, uh, you know, taking on kind of outsized and seemingly impossible missions um, to let them know from our experience that it's it's not impossible. It actually, for a long time, it requires that feeling and it requires that feeling even when you quote unquote arrived, whatever that mark might be. Um, and, you know, we're excited to help those people forge their own unique journey or Camino. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for making time for this. All right. Thank you.